You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 446 of Podcateers. This week we talk about some recent Disney Infinity mods, Wakanda Forever is coming to Disney+, Plus. we share our thoughts on Strange World, Andrew kicks off a new weekly segment, and we share our predictions and desires for the Disney company in 2023. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on our Discord server. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. All right, so it's time to get the first episode of 2023 going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. But of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 446 of Podcateers. I was like, gonna clap, and then I was like, I'm gonna sneeze, and then I clapped, and then I sneezed. Good job, me. We gotta get all the coughs and sneezes out. Uh, before we yes. begin, because we let's mm-hmm. face it, we can edit them out, right? But yeah, um, I mean, the less editing, the better. That's what I always say. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's that time of year. It's a very sneezy, sneezy, dry coffee time of cold co- coughing. <laughs> yes, sniffling, sneezing. Uh, do whatever cold medicine. However, that commercial goes. Oh yeah, <laughs> what I, I do remember that. It, it was, it's the NyQuil one. It's the yeah. coughing, aching, stuffy head fever so you can rest medicine. That's the one. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. But it's important. Mm. This is These are it, important it things be. to remember. Very important. Be. The NyQuil commercial. Yeah. You know. There, Sometimes you have to just get hopped up on DayQuil, though, just to function. There's some which, commercials. Hello. Yeah. There's some commercials that just stick with you. I don't know what it is. It's, I mean, I guess it's the catchy jingle or the stuff, but so I know it's been in and out of popularity, but one that always stuck with me and then it came back on like TikTok and Instagram was the berries and cream Skittles commercial. You know that one? I don't know. I don't think I ever really saw that one. Okay. Yeah. So it was big when I was in like, like seventh grade or something. And it was a Skittles commercial and there's like a guy dressed up like a, like a little like dandy, like he kind of looks like Lord Farquaad, but you know, he's like <laughs> in little like, like knickers and stockings and has like a bowl cut and he goes, berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm oh, that's what I, yeah, Berries yeah. and cream. And it was just like this thing and it's always stuck with me. And now apparently everybody else that, uh, that remembered it as well made it like a, like a TikTok thing or whatever i don't know i've just seen it around more so um that's one of those 
you know, there's just commercials that stick with you. That's like the. Yeah. Do you guys have the Shane Company commercials on the radio down there? The what? The what? The Shane. The Shane Company. It's a. It's a jewelry store. No, I don't think I've heard in order for it. In order for me to hear that, I would also have to listen to the radio. Yeah, so th- I mean, they've been around. It, it's just like the. It's this guy who's like, I'm Tom Shane, and I something something. I work with diamond distributors, and then it goes the Shane Company, and then. It used to be the one near me because they would say the address was like the Shane Company off North Sunrise across from the auto mall. Open weekdays till eight and Saturday and Sunday till five online at shaneco.com. And that's the end of every commercial. And they've changed it to like, I think, be more broad. They don't say the exact like it's like you have a friend in the diamond business was like their catchphrase. And that's another one that's just stuck with me. I don't know what it is. I. I, I guess I like commercials. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's but, funny. Mel, uh, do you have any that you that you remember? Oh, the only one I could remember right now is because you said jewelry is K Jewelers, and how you know they have that little jingle where I'm not singing it because I don't do that. Every kiss begins with K. Thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> Gold star for you. He went to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do all the jewelry ones. <laughs> there also used to be, oh, I just remember every commercial from when I was growing up. There was uh, a store called the Good Feet Store, and they sold, like, shoe inserts or whatever. And uh, when Peja Stoyakovich was on the Sacramento Kings, he did commercials for them. And they would go to the Good Feet Store, and then he would come in, and he just went, everybody needs a good feet. And I, <laughs> I just remember all of these stupid commercials. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. what I get for riding in the car a lot and listening to the radio. My parents. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I remember a bunch of commercials from my childhood as well. I mean, there's always the iconic commercials, right? Like the "I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid." Oh, those are ones yeah. that just <laughs> kind of stick with mm-hmm. you, right? But then there's like like the annoying ones that may have a good purpose, but if you happen to be watching TV in the middle of the day and you hear one eight seven seven cars for kids. <gasps> that's what, oh my gosh. And then yes. that thing is just like it the earworm <laughs> is insane. Dude, I for a month straight baseball game. Yeah, like and then for a month you're like singing that, right? <laughs> um, but yeah. then there was always like fun commercials too. I don't, I don't know if I remember the exact lyrics, but the the one I remember, uh, like, just singing randomly all the time was the I I don't know if it was plain old cookies. I'm gonna use that because I don't remember the lyrics, but it was like plain old cookies. You can't resist cool cookie crisp, and it was the cookie crisp uh. commercial, right? Ah, so. There's like I, I don't know I I know that they're all kind of stored in there somewhere, and I've talked about this before how like I I'm horrible at trivia games because like I'll remember stuff randomly, but when it counts, I very rarely remember <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and so that happens. Uh, yeah, and then after this last year, I just feel like my memory's shot. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I have to think so much harder about stuff um yeah i i know that i'm just gonna have all these random commercials in my head because of this 
Yeah, right you're after gonna, we're you're done. Gonna, yeah, we're done, and then you'll be thinking of you know Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs, Reese's oh, Puffs, Reese's man. Puffs, or something. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I we don't have the one eight seven seven cars for kids, K R S cars for really? kids up here. Yeah, wow. but when I would drive down and uh, you know I'd listen to the radio every once in a while, I'd come on. And I'm like, oh, this is a catchy song, but I don't have to hear it every you know day on the radio up here. So I was like, it's it's kind of like that. They make fun of it in the what is it Inside Out the the. The gum oh, yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. Triple dink gum. <laughs> we'll make you smile. Triple dink gum. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Well, I want to pose the question to everyone listening. If there's an earworm of a commercial that you uh, happen to remember, maybe from your childhood or one that just whenever it comes on, you just shake your fist and you're like, oh, this thing again. Let us know. Join us over on Discord and join the conversation. Uh, let us know what the commercial is and what region you're in because I have to imagine that there's a lot of regional stuff that we may not hear like you said Andrew like that the the, the jewelry the, the commercial Shane, you were just talking the Shane about. company yeah yeah like I am like I've never heard that before so definitely a regional product right so don't you guys also have like the mattress king guy or something down there or there's sofa king or something down there I could have swore uh, that there's something we, like that. It's what is the mattress one? It's uh, we have. I think there's a Jerome's furniture. Yeah. That always comes on, and then there's I. I no, what is the mattress? Is it ma- It's not Mattress World. Uh, sit and I don't want to ring in. Sit and oh, sleep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm googling. <laughs> I was thinking oh, then were uh, living spaces. The, yeah. No, because the the mattress one is the one that would always end with, uh, I guarantee your mattress is priced or your mattress is free. Oh, yeah, then you like fly away, right? Um, yeah. Oh, it is wow. a sit and sleep commercial. Sit and sleep. Yeah. Is it? I had to look it up. Yeah, it is a sit and sleep commercial. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I'm gonna pose a question. Let us know what that earworm commercial is for you. And then let us know what region you're in to see if anyone else has heard it as well. I think that would be just a, a fun topic to have. Uh, let's see. Happy New Year, everyone. It is the Happy new year. year. Yeah, Happy New this Year. This is the first episode of 2023. Jill, do you have anything fun for New Year's? Uh, no, it was pretty, pretty pouring rain <laughs> up here so we went yeah. over to family's house and we just kind of hung out and played some board games and uh then we went home yeah mel hey it's festive <laughs> yeah no we just ate like junk food because why not chocolates enjoy but yeah the rain oh dude the rain was pretty bad over here and you know how I was like, hey, we're going to have Disney Pyro. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited for this year that didn't happen. So, But that rain, though, was really nice. It was calming. Yeah. So we didn't hear as much of the neighborhood fireworks, which is a plus. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because California mm-hmm. has definitely needed the, the rain recently. However, the people up in San Francisco, up in the Bay Area that are going through all that flooding and everything, that yeah. is, is it, that's a nightmare. I mean, I'm watching videos and, and pictures of, of what people are posting and, you know, stay safe out there, you know, try to be as high as possible, I guess, whenever you can be and 
stay as in far elevation. away from the flooded. Yeah, in elevation, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I like I said, I, I know we need the rain, so it's good. And then when it comes to Disneyland, I just I feel bad, right? Because there mm-hmm. was tons of people that made the reservation and everything to go on New Year's Eve. For the most part, they still do some kind of show when it's drizzling, when it's pouring, it's a little bit harder to execute any of those things. But man, cast members, you the real MVPs, man, because it was like I was watching videos of people on TikTok and Instagram that it, it looked like it was a nightmare to deal with, not as a guest, but as a cast member. You know, just kind of wrangling people around, getting, you know, dealing with people shoving into stores and, you know, whatnot. So I'm sorry to all the cast members that had to deal with that. Uh, I'm also sorry for the guests, but really more for the cast members. Yeah. Yeah. You could go home if you want guests. Exactly. (laughs) Like Like, cast members that are on shift just can't walk out and go home. Right. Um, But I, you know, our, our new year was pretty similar to yours. We... We stayed up. We played some board games. Uh, we we did the whole toasting and everything at midnight, and then, you know, went to sleep after. I've been feeling a little under the weather for the last several days, so it was easy for me to not do anything. <laughs> 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 Just sit around and do nothing. You say okay. Play Disney <laughs> Dreamlight Valley. You say okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it it worked out for me. Uh, plus the rain was just not fun to drive around in and everything. So it was just safer to stay home. And, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. We made a really nice dinner. Like I said, we played board games and everything. And we just kind of hung out. So it was good. Uh, hey, since I mentioned it, I might as well talk a little Disney Dreamlight Valley because the episode really wouldn't be complete if I didn't. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to talk about it slightly different because uh, I don't remember when... I said this, but I remember talking about Disney Dreamlight Valley. But I don't know if it was before it released or if it was after we started playing. But I remember comparing it to Disney Infinity and how this was kind of it's kind of like it feels like a continuation of it, like like an unofficial continuation of the game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because. Disney Infinity was discontinued back in 2016. 2016 or 2017, I don't remember, but it's been several years now since it's been discontinued. However, the modding community has kept this game alive in ways that I could never even imagine. You can download mods and toy boxes and like new ways to play. A lot of the stuff that was available like originally... Uh, with the disc for for Disney Infinity 2 with all the Marvel stuff, wasn't available when you bought the games from Steam. And so uh, a lot of the features just weren't there. And because Disney, or really anybody, doesn't support the game anymore, modders took it upon themselves to just create these new lands and, and kind of bring new characters in or mod the characters so that they're wearing different clothes and stuff like that. And what caught me uh, this last week is that there was a challenge from some of the top modders uh, set forth to create like Christmassy looking toy boxes and areas for people to play. And Disney Infinity has this really cool logic engine where you can set up puzzles and everything to advance, right? Like you can't go to a new area if you don't solve the mini puzzle that they have set for you. So... um, 
they I think there was five or six different modders that created lands and areas, but one of them was a recreation of Disney Dreamlight Valley. So it looked really good for what it was. I'm going to try to find like a video clip or I'm going to just download the mod myself and just install it uh, to try to get some video of it. And I'll post some screenshots on Discord because they recreated the castle. They recreated Scrooge's shop, like all of the main buildings that you would normally see in the valley. A lot of the sections that you see that are primarily available were all recreated. And they did a really good job of it. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, I'll post some pictures of it. I thought it was pretty cool. I haven't really played in a while, especially since I've been concentrating on this game a lot more recently. But it warms my heart in many ways to see that Disney Infinity has been kept alive by so many people. Because, I, I mean, I love that game. The little characters were just... The style of how they modeled the characters was just so cool. Like, I loved it. I remember going to the D23 Expo and seeing the giant Cinderella carriage the year that they were launching it. And you could stand in line to get the free discs. And if you were lucky, you would get a character. And we got to play for the first time. It was uh, one of the first games that my older son and I were able to play together. You know, and it was just like just a fun thing to run around and play. create things in the toy box so yeah i will try to download some screenshots or some video and i will post it on discord if any of you are are familiar with the game or are curious to see what it's about but you know and i saw the disney dreamlight valley connection i was like yeah see (laughs) i knew it it's dreamlight valley is just the spiritual successor to infinity to a lot of people i think and so I was happy to see that other people felt the same way about it. That's real fun. You know, it's it's really nice when when older games have uh, a longer life or or a gain a new life. I know there's there's stuff like uh, I know somebody you remember Virtual Magic Kingdom, um, the online Disney game. There's oh, people yeah, the that Disney have recreated. One, yeah, yeah. They've recreated that game, and it, I believe it's playable still online as a fan created thing they somehow i don't know exactly what they did but you can still somehow play virtual magic kingdom online um so it's very cool that some of these things still live on i want to ask anybody listening about that specifically because i remember reading about that but there was something that i remember reading that just didn't make it feel safe for me that mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh, this is just a hack and they're going to steal my info or something. <laughs> so, I Aww. mean, granted, you don't have to use real info, right? You just use like a right. dummy email address or whatever to sign up for whatever you got to sign up for. Robert but- A. Iger at Disney.go.com. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> or TWDC.com. I think that's what it is. Whatever we got that email from. I never played the original version of it, though. Did, did either of you play that one? No, Mm-mm. that was no. it was bef- before my uh time of doing much on the computer at all I think or um really being interested in the parks. So that was yeah, way before me. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a a few things that we want to talk about this episode. Uh we we're going to be talking about some of the predictions and some of the desires that we have for the Disney company in 2023. You know, we've We've had a a couple of years that were fairly difficult for the company, a lot of changes, 
Bob Iger taking over the company just about a month ago now. And for the next couple of years, he's going to be making a lot of changes. And we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that we hope to see as part of those changes coming to the parks and what we think uh, might be happening during his two, possibly seven-year tenure. Uh, we also want to give our thoughts on Strange World. We all had a chance to watch it uh, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that soon. We're also going to be debuting a brand new segment. Uh, we'll let hey, Andrew hey. talk about that a little bit later when it comes up. But since we're going to be talking about Strange World, let's keep the movie tie-in just a little. And I just want to announce that Wakanda Forever is finally getting a release date on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't had an opportunity to watch that in the theaters, uh, or you did and you just want to see it again, it's coming to Disney+, Plus on February 1st. Did we ever predict when it was going to be coming to Disney+, Plus, or did we just talk about other films? I don't remember. You know, I, I know we were kind of, I was looking at the dates. I remember specifically talking about Strange World House, you know, seeing yeah. like the bigger movies versus the smaller movies, how close from theaters they were to Disney Plus. And it seemed like the the bigger movies were getting closer from like the 60 to 90 day um you know, difference from releasing in theaters to getting on Disney Plus. But there was some precedent for a 30-day release uh, for, to Disney Plus, like Strange World happened to be. Um, so I don't remember. I'm sure somebody listening remembers, but I don't remember. I should take better notes. I honestly thought you were because I remember us talking about the timelines. And I, I'm i pretty sure it was you that said it, Andrew, but... Okay. I'm sure just it was. <laughs> I say a lot of things. I'm very yeah. long-winded. I just don't remember what I said. <laughs> oh, that I, mean, I, I don't. I feel but... like I feel like you were pretty spot on. I I close to I, it. Yeah. Yeah. I I recall you mentioning something like, you know, eight weeks or something like that. Uh, and it's slightly longer for some of the other films, and so the mm -hmm. ninety days would be pretty on par with that because I think. February 1st marks around 87 days since the release of Wakanda Forever. So, I mean, it's pretty accurate. I, it does, for, Like, looking at that and then going by what you said, it really does look like the trend is about 90 days for some of these bigger movies. Mm -hmm. uh, unless your name is Strange World, then it's a whole different ballpark. Right. But, I mean, you know, that is what that is. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. But... Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to watching this again and watching it at home. Uh, I I really enjoyed Wakanda Forever. You know, it's I think that they the way that they dealt with Chadwick Boseman's passing and the advancement of the story I think was pretty well done. Uh, mm -hmm. Wakanda Forever is the end of Phase Four, so we will be seeing. Obviously, the the new phases, the new phase kick off this year, and we have a, a couple of films that are three films I think that are going to be released this year for Phase Five. We have a couple of shows that are coming to Disney Plus, like Loki season two, stuff like that. So as you know, as we get more of that content, we'll be talking about it later. But this is exciting. I'm happy Wakanda Forever is coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Strange World. Let's talk a little bit yeah. about this film because it had what, what's the what's the tomato meter at 
What, what are we looking at on the well, Rotten I, I think it pre- I think it settled pretty down. I will bring it up. Survey says uh, it's not on the front page anymore. So while Andrew's trying to bring that up, you know, I remember talking about this when it first came out, and there was a lot of people that spoke pretty negatively about it, and it didn't seem to gain a lot of traction. We had different theories about what was happening with the film. We felt that it was getting very similar treatment to films like Atlantis and Treasure Planet, that it really felt like the company didn't believe in the film. And after watching it, I don't like I I don't know exactly how to feel about it because I from a story standpoint it was it was okay right it was a, it was a good story for what it was the execution uh at times felt like they were reaching but it's a fantasy movie like you you always have to reach pretty hard for for storylines and fantasy stuff right so mhm Oh man, I I want to hear what you guys have to say before I tell you the correlation that happened in my brain for this. And I want to see if either <laughs> one of you picked up on this as well. But before we before we jump into that, Andrew, were you able to find what the tomato meter's at? Tomato meter uh from critics 73%, from audiences 66%. So oh, wow, that that's is way lower than I thought it was going to be. It's it's I believe it's one of the lowest Disney animated features but it's still not in the it's still in the good looking like there's kind of like like three levels of of rotten tomatoes there's like like or four levels there's like squished tomato there's like green tomato there's like red tomato and then there's like red tomato with like a little like thing around it with cheese so this is just is it cheese yeah i don't don't know i just call it tomato with cheese Tomato with cheese, a royale with cheese. Uh, that the other thing around it is the one where it's certified fresh. Um, but this is a red tomato, and then the audience one is like a a red popcorn bucket, a green popcorn bucket, and like a spilt over popcorn bucket. So this is a red popcorn bucket. <clears throat> um, so it's kind of just solidly in the middle. It's just like there. It seems people are not. They don't hate it, but they think you know it could be better compared to. I mean, what's funny is Avatar The Way of Water, which has been getting all of this stuff, has a 77% from critics. So it's a 4% 4 more or 3% more from critics than Strange World. But it's a 92% audience meter. So I'm just looking at like things that are on the the thing right now. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 95% on uh, with critics. (laughs) I'm actually hearing a lot of great. I'm hearing a lot of great things about that film. (laughs) (laughs) I I just I have to say that the Universal films right now seem to be kind of crushing it, which gives me really high hopes. Yeah, which gives me really high hopes for the like the Super Mario movie that's coming out. Uh, I mean, from what we've seen, I know that there's going to be things that people are always going to nitpick about it, but I'm really optimistic. Here I come. Yeah, I'm it's optimistic about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so from a percentage standpoint, you know, one to a hundred, hundred being, you know, the best score, obviously. Like, where would you seat this film after watching it? 
Um, I'm gonna say our household, it's actually gonna be pretty high up. And I think it's because we really like sci-fi and fantasy and that kind of weirdness in films. Um, I'm gonna say 75 to 80. And okay. I think, okay, for me, um, I'm just happy it's not a reboot. I was happy that's an original story. I love princess stories, but it does not it doesn't have a princess. Yay. Um, it's nice to have something different. And I actually found myself wanting to see the next thing, the next um, scene or how this is going to play out. And I actually had questions of like, wait, what is this? Some things were a little weird, but again, that's the whole point of the film was it's strange. <laughs> but um, the funniest thing is that Jerry actually gave it really high remarks. And he said he really liked it because it reminded him of Osmosis Jones. And he really loves that film. Mm. So <laughs> for okay. me... I will say this. Every Pixar film that I've tried to see with him, he's not really in the mood for it. And I don't blame him. But this one, he was watching from the beginning to end. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> this is okay, cool. You know what? That's pretty awesome. But after I was watching it and I finished the film, it kind of made me not upset but sad, I get, I don't, what's, what would be the emotion between sad and upset, but bummed out that it feels like the company, like you just said, didn't have faith in that film. And it kind of stinks because a lot of their sci-fi films, Atlantis, Treasure Planet, Tron, Tron Legacy, like all of these films, they don't really get all the love that they deserve. And you know down the line everyone like really 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 loves them but in the present day when they're presented it doesn't feel like they get that love and the reception that they really deserve there was some parts in the film that made me it, I kind of got style wise was kind of like who framed Roger Rabbit because the animation was so different and cool that it seemed like you had this you had you had your CGI, but it also at times it looked like it was hand-drawn because of the colors. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I saw differences in that. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like visually seeing this, it looked really, really cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Like, yes, there was... Honestly, also, too, this was probably the most diverse cast in so many scenes. And I love that. Like, it, you just saw so many different faces. And I, again, I wish this film was seen. I wish I had seen it in theaters. It, I'm kicking myself just like with um, when we were talking about Lightyear. Like, 
I could have seen that in theaters too because it was just so cool looking and I really liked it. So I don't like when I watch these films at home and I'm like kicking myself. I shouldn't be feeling that. Disney. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think I agree with you, Melissa, that I I think this movie would play better in a theater than at home. Um, There's just certain movies that, that feel like they're meant for a big screen and Mm -hmm. for like you to like sit down and have no distractions and watch it because you know watching these movies at home i got my phone right there i'll pull it up and whatever especially if i you know oh i got a buzz oh what's this so um yeah uh to start off i guess my rating would be probably right around yours melissa 70 to 80 percent um still a decent rating that's kind of basically what it's rated on rotten tomatoes um it's uh it was a fine film there was a lot of like I, I don't know everybody seemed there's a lot of these movies where everybody's all grumpy all the time and i was like why is everybody <laughs> all it's just like oh dad i don't want to be like you don't you understand and then oh dad i don't want to be like you don't you understand and so i again i i w- talked about this before but i i tried to i was talking about this with somebody I don't remember. I don't know. Was it on here? Was it somewhere else? I don't know. Everything blends together now. But I have to try and put myself in the mindset of these films aren't directly, like, pointed at me. They're, you know, the, this film, you know, animation is is a an art form and a, and not just a, not just a genre of film. But this is an animation film that is uh, directed towards children, you know, young, young adults, children, stuff like that. So this isn't exactly, I'm not the target demographic for this. So some of the stuff may just be a, something that isn't going to click with me because it's not meant for me. You know, it's trying to teach lessons to, or, or, relate in some way to a younger demographic than I am. Um, that's not to say that I didn't like the movie because I did. Um, but there was, there was definitely some parts where I got disinterested in and, uh, and then it would pull me back and then I would lose interest and it pull me back and I'd lose interest and da, 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 da. And some of the, the, the interrelational, uh, stuff like between the dad and the son and the dad and the son uh, were just, it, it felt real forced and like, like it could have had another pass of a, of a writer's room or something to, to kind of make that a little less like boilerplate. Like it seemed like it was, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a writer, so I don't know how to do it, but it did feel like very, um, like, like, on this very special episode of Boy Meets World, we talk about how whatever you you know the 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 like pandering almost when it comes to he, <laughs> he like the I can't remember all his characters searcher like when he leaves the dad and the dad goes off forever and whatever and he gets all grumpy about it and I'm planting plants and blah, 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 and then he becomes his dad kind of thing because then he teaches his son oh all we're doing is gardening or whatever farming and da 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 then the son becomes him and it's you know it's a basic story that has existed for a long time 
and there's no bad thing about it, but it it feels like uh like we've done this before. Like it's not like a it's some of the things is not a fresh take. And I know I'm sounding like kind of very negative about this, but I did like the movie as a whole. <laughs> um, so those are just like some of my nitpicks and like where I was losing interest. Um, the whole, how the story wrapped up and the, you know, the relationship with the, between the mom and the son and then the dad and the son was interesting. And um, how the uh, grandpa, like, bonded with the grandson a lot more than than his own son at some points and and stuff like that there's a lot of fun um so i don't mean to sound knocking this movie but that those are just i was trying to point point out where i got disinterested in and that it sounded all grumpy and like i just said all these movies sound grumpy and i sound grumpy so 70 to 80 percent uh somewhere in there on the movie for me um i did enjoy it i enjoyed the cast uh, everybody did a great job uh, voicing the characters, and I uh, like you said, Melissa, the the style and the 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 concept I really like. I I do think I would like a little more of the how it started out. The like, okay, we're here, and it's something something something, and blah 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 blah, and you know, like it was like an old serial um, like program with the the yeah. announcer and all that stuff. I really liked that opening. And it would have been, I, I know why they did it to get you into the movie, but have, if the whole movie was like that, if it was an entire throwback to those style of, of serial um, short films or whatever that, that would play in the theaters, um, I think that would be kind of fun. And who knows, maybe they tried that and it didn't work. So yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of things. Um, but there's my long-winded thing on uh, Strange World. But I did I did enjoy the movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, you both hit on a lot of the things I wanted to talk about. I think we there's a couple things that I think we're going to approach slightly differently. But you pretty much listed a lot of the things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, first of all, my rating, I give it like a solid 83%. And wow. the reason I give it a solid 83% is primarily, like you mentioned, there was it was a really diverse cast of characters. And, <clears throat> you know, we've talked a lot about how representation matters in films. And that's not really, you know, unique to live action films. You know, representation matters in whatever you put out into the world, right? And the more diverse 100%. we can have, the more diversity we can have, the better it is, right? As great as that was, I also think that it may have been one of the reasons why it played so poorly with audiences because there was something really literally for everybody in this film, right? Mm -hmm. And because yeah. of that, there were things that felt shoehorned in. Like some, like you said, like the, the relationship between the father and the father and then or the father and the son and then the father and the son you know lineage <laughs> like a lot of that stuff really did feel kind of shoehorned in but as far as how they portrayed the characters you know you had an interracial couple you had an lgbtq plus couple you had um you know, women being strong in their positions and really stepping up for where they lived and how, you know, they led, you know, how, how they were leaders in, in the community. Mm -hmm. So there was there was so much positive about this film that I know that 
that positivity could have easily been twisted by a lot of people as, ah, this damn woke film, right? And Mm -hmm. that, I think, could have been part of the reason why it it has a bit of a negative rating it definitely is something because if you if you weed through these reviews on like rotten tomatoes and stuff if it, not necessarily the the critics reviews but the audience reviews th- like a vast majority of them mention that in in a uh it, it, especially the 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 one star reviews they they mention all of the you know, it, it, I I don't want to put be crass about it, but it just says, uh, "Allow children to stay innocent as long as possible. You shouldn't be. This is something you should teach at home." And la 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 blah 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 blah. Like a, a lot of the 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 negative reviews all have have th- those mm-hmm. things in common. Mostly, um, there are you know exceptions to the rule, but. But it's just like one star, not appropriate for children uh, on here. Um, that, yeah, it's just every one star review or let you know one or two star review has has something to mention with that. So it definitely is something that people are are going to Rotten Tomatoes or other places to vocally let people know their opinion, I guess I will say. Mm, okay. I don't, it's hard for me to say, well, I'm happy I was right about that because, you know, that's not a great thing to be right about, but uh, it's kind of sucky actually. But yeah, I mean, there's, I I mean, I think children should learn about this personally. That's my personal (laughs) opinion, right? It's the world. You got to teach children. Love is love, right? And Mm -hmm. my wife and I teach our kids about that. They know about that stuff. So I think I have a very different approach and opinion about stuff like that than most of those people leaving those comments. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of like the, the opening that you talked about seemed very Charles Muntz, but also like it gave me this like, Oh, this is kind of SEA. Here we go. Like it's going to be an SEA like adventure. And honestly, I think some of these characters if you really started to compile some of their stories, I think they could be members of the SEA, right? Just from the adventures that they go on and some of the things that they talk about. Um, but when I think about why Disney didn't necessarily promote this, I'm wondering more if, if, if the battle for the film had more to do with the parallels that it ran with Lightyear, you know, with the, with the couples and stuff like that, that they were portraying versus the story itself that they didn't have faith with because i mean there's other disney films that have much they they don't they don't have very strong storylines and they've gotten higher scores when they don't have you know these types of characters in them so i'm wondering if the backlash from lightyear affected like negatively affected the release of this film and given the challenges that Disney had in Florida with some of the bills that they had over there. I wonder if that was part of why they just decided, you know what, we don't need to be in this room right now. Squash the film as much as possible. Just put it on Disney plus whenever we can. And I, I don't know how to feel about that. You know, if that was the case, I, yeah, that's I, where I, I was torn. You know, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how to feel about that, but 
overall, I mean, I thought it it was much better than a lot of people are saying that it was. I will say that at the end of the film, I made a comment to my wife uh, when we were done watching it, and I said that if you pay attention, it's hard for me to say this part without necessarily spoiling the plot. So if you haven't seen the film, I would say, you know, skip ahead 10 minutes or something just in case, but I'll try to make this quick and we'll try to get past this. But uh, if you have seen the film, you'll understand what I'm talking about, or you may understand what I'm talking about. The resolution of how they, like what they find out is actually happening, you know, and they think it's one thing and they're like, oh, you know, Ethan, the son says, you know what, that's not what's happening. This is what's happening. We have to do this. And to everyone's surprise, they're like, but that's not what we came here for, right? Like we came here to save it. And then it turns out to be something totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the resolution and the way that they played all of that out, how, how they made it to the other side of this thing happening and how their world changed, it felt like an odd parallel to the last two years of the pandemic. I think if anyone else felt that parallel, I'm wondering if that also negatively affected how they felt about the film because of how they felt about the last couple of years and how things have been going. You know, I don't know if I was the only one that felt that way, but uh, it was... It was the one parallel that at the end I thought like, I know that it was supposed to be this or this. I know that this is what they were fighting for, but this is what it felt like. It just felt like the fight for for, like the the pandemic fight over the last couple of years. You're not alone. I mean, when we had thought it was Osmosis Jones, the (laughs) things we were like, oh, hey, that looks familiar. So, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, I mean, just it being, you know, here's the spoilers. I mean, we didn't really talk about you. Didn't, you didn't really spoil anything. You're, I did my best, very, man. I really tried. <laughs> very vague. <laughs> we, we gave the spoiler alert so you can say the whole thing is a thing. It's like a creature. They're living. It's a living thing. In or yeah. on. On. That was the kind of the confusing part at the end. They're like. I guess they live on the back, the head of whatever the, this big turtle. They live on the head of a turtle, and their energy source that may gives them flying cars is like a bad old something or another, and they're trying to save it, but then realize it's bad, and everybody's like, no, we need it, and then the kid's like, but it's going to kill a turtle, and then that happens, and then they yeah. don't kill the turtle. Woohoo! surprise, they didn't kill a turtle. Good job. And that is a that that's a um, a reference to um, some historical thing. It's like the world, the Earth is on the back of a turtle. It was like a like a like an ancient myth or something like that. that is what that is a reference to. Somebody out there smarter than me knows what that is. Put that in a Discord, somebody, if you know what the heck I'm talking about. I tried to quickly look it up, and I found a bunch of videos with not a lot of context but it it says and then the the earth is flat man well this one doesn't say it's flat it's there's a lot of other theories about it that it's on the back of a giant turtle but my favorite one right here is that it's uh torterra from pokemon 
So I, oh. yeah, I, I just <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I didn't make that connection. Uh, now I'm going to have to look into this a little bit more. I, I think it's a, it's a native American, uh, uh, thing. Is what it Interesting. is. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna look. In the creation up, stories of the Lenape and Iroquois people, the Earth is created on as soil is blah 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 turtle. So, well, I mean, that's you know, again, mixed feelings about the whole thing, right? About why it wasn't released and you know why they decided to kind of bury the film. Could be just that they're taking a whole other direction, but considering that I'm starting to see a lot of stuff for Elemental. I doubt that's the case. I think it just has to do with the content of the film itself as far as why they buried it. Uh, but the good thing is that it seems to be finding Second Life on Disney+. Plus, and there's a lot of people that are really enjoying it and really enjoying the film for what it was meant to be, really enjoying the story. So uh, I'm curious to know what you know our listeners think about it you know how did it make you feel you know what did you like what did you not like about it join the conversation over on discord uh, if any of you are not yet part of the discord community it's really easy to join us head on over to podcasters.com slash links there you will find a button for our discord server click on it and just ask you for an email create a password all that good stuff and you'll be able to join us and join the conversations that we have over there uh, hey, speaking of links, uh, I want to send a quick shout out to the FGP squad, uh, our podcast oh, they're cool. fairy godparents, because it's their support that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible via their contributions on Patreon. If you want more information on how you can be part of the FGP squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our, dis- uh, a, a link to our Patreon, some information about the FGP squad itself. Uh, but being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls, uh, access to some additional content that we put up on Patreon, random giveaways, uh, access to a special section of our Discord server, and more. Uh, if you have any additional questions, uh, we'd love to answer them for you. Just uh, send us a message over on Instagram or Facebook, uh, or you can join Discord and then ask us there. Uh, but, uh, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. All right. Well, before we move on, uh, any any final thoughts on Strange World? Just go see it. Just watch it. Yeah. Take if you haven't time. seen it. Yeah. Go. Just watch it. It's a good movie. You will be entertained at the very oh, yeah. least. At the bare minimum, you will be entertained. But it, it's it's worth a watch. It's mm. it's definitely worth a watch. So go. It's Disney Plus. It's easy oh, to see now. There's one character you guys will fall in love with, guaranteed. Small little Splat. character. Yeah. Reminds me of Flubber. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <"Aw."> Flubber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about our Disney predictions and desires in a moment. But we have something kind of exciting for you. Uh, this year, we're going to be debuting a new segment on the podcast. Andrew. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about what you'll be doing this year? Yeah, so this is a limited time, 50-week segment of a uh, little bit of Disney history. Um, yeah, as, as you may know, 2023, the year of our Lord Mickey Mouse, um, he <laughs> has brought to us the, uh, the joyous <laughs> celebration of of a hundred years of the Walt Disney Company, 
in turn, I think we should uh, take a look back at the 100 years of, of the company. So what I propose is every week from now until 50 weeks from now, I'll share uh, a fact from each year or a notable something from two years each week. So we'll get two years times 50 weeks. There's 100 years of the company. So this 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 uh, episode, we'll start with uh, 1923 and 1924. Does that all make sense? Did I make sense what I said? You made does sense. That, yes, it's Does that good make job. sense? Okay. Yes. So uh, we should probably come up with a name for this segment. Uh, I don't have one. Uh, if anybody wants to come up with one, we will we'll <laughs> let us know the Discord. Maybe it's um, 100. Nope. I don't know. I'll come up with another one later, and I'll I'll tell you next week what the name of this segment is. Fifty weeks of hundred years of magic. <laughs> oh my gosh! Presented, Presented by, by Honda. Honda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Perfect. it might be that, or it might be something else. Um, <laughs> but believe in the dreams that your wish may uh, inspire your uh, magic heart's desire something i try to use all the words that they use all the time um but anyway so so who knows these segments might go quick they might be long this week i think it'll probably be quick uh the first few years of the company or a slow start we'll start off with uh 1923 1924 you know the company started with the the disney brothers studio was started out of the um demise of laughogram uh they went bankrupt and so famously walt came to hollywood suitcase in a dream they wrote a song about it and mickey was on the train apparently or something but he didn't decide to like show up until 1928 for some reason they did a bunch of other stuff for a while so i don't i don't know but <laughs> 1923 disney brothers studio starts they start with the Alice comedies. They start working on those in 1923. Those don't come out until 1924. Like, they don't premiere, but they, they start working on this series in uh, 1923. Uh, besides the Alice comedies being started, they, Walt's moving to uh, Hollywood, Roy to follow eventually. 1924... He's already sent these films to the producer, which is M.J. Winkler Productions. 1924 is when um, Lillian starts working at the studio, soon to become, or later to become, Lillian Disney, Lillian Bounds at the time. From there, the first Alice comedy to, to premiere in theaters is Alice's Day at Sea. By the end of 1924, they make 12 Alice comedies. Um, not all of them are in theaters yet. But they have produced 12 comedies within 1924. This is uh, Walt as uh, directing, uh, Ub, uh, and then, you know, and Lillian is there and a few other people. Uh, you know, they're very small uh, studio at the time. By the end of the year, Walt and Roy start taking a salary for themselves that uh, up until December of 1924 they were not taking a regular salary. Um, and so their, their salaries in December 1924 begin at $50 a week. Um, and they th that wasn't every week, but it was, it was most weeks. So by the end of that, that 1924, they're making somewhat of a profit. 
that they can at least have a little money for themselves. Um, so it's kind of a big two years for the Walt Disney Company. Well, what leads to be the Walt Disney Company? Founding of the company in 1923, their big hit, you know, uh, the Alice comedies were a hit basically right out of the gate. The The producers were just ordering more and more and more of them, and they, they made them as, as quick as they could. Um, so that's, that's the first two years of Walt Disney Company really ingrained in the Alice comedies, Walt coming out to Los Angeles, starting the Disney Brothers studio. Next uh, episode will be the next two years, 1925, 1926. So that's the end of that segment that we don't have a name for yet. Uh, but it'll have a name soon. It'll have a name. Hopefully next week it'll have a name. Suggest a name in discord. Yeah. And for everybody listening, uh, keep that name Winkler Pictures in mind because uh, Winkler Pictures was run by Margaret J. Winkler and uh, her fiance. Well, I mean, they eventually got married, but she got married to somebody named Charles Mintz and Charles Mintz mm-hmm. and uh, Winkler Pictures is going to play a huge role a couple weeks from now uh, in the story of the Disney company. So keep that in mind. There's a teaser for an upcoming episode of this soon-to-be-titled segment. Mother of Henry Winkler. No, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) The Fonz. That's not true. Ignore that. Unless it is. I haven't haven't looked it up, but I don't wonder if it is. That is untrue. How crazy would it be if it was? That That would would be be insane. insane. (laughs) Stay tuned next week for the chilling uh, conclusion of is MJ Winkler related to Henry Winkler? (laughs) all right well that's awesome i'm looking forward to uh everything that's going to be coming up as part of this segment i think it's a super fun way to uh, commemorate the 100 years of the disney company so uh thanks for putting that together andrew i'm looking forward to the future episodes or the future segment yeah i think yeah i i'm uh i like the idea i think it'll uh grow into something uh a little more polished as the as time goes on but uh i think it's a good idea i hope you folks uh, like it out there so uh let us know if you if you like it or if you hate it you know if, if everybody hates it maybe we'll not do it but we'll probably still do it i think i like it enough that even if everybody doesn't like it oh I'm i like it enough it. i love this stuff so. <laughs> yeah it's i think we're gonna do it <laughs> okay <Yeah>. good <laughs> all right um so let's shift over and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things we'd like to see in the Disney company come 2023. Uh, some of our predictions, maybe some of the things that we desire to see as far as, you know, uh, changes that Bob Iger might bring on, some expected, some unexpected. Uh, it's always fun to speculate what might happen and then look back at the end of the year and see, you know, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? What was, you know, kind of close-ish? Uh, so who wants to go first? I, I, you know what? I will. Um, All right. <laughs> this is going to be, uh, this is wild, but I kind of feel like something is going to change with passes. I don't know what. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm just going to say it because I don't know. Disney listens, so who knows? Put it out there. <laughs> but Bobby does things, and we've seen different things happen. So, again, I am talking nonsense but i'm just gonna say that i feel like something's gonna change in a good way i don't want to say bad way because we've already been through the bad can't get any worse that's my mindset so 
I ripped the band-aid off. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's a lot of things to to anticipate. Um, there's a lot of rumors on buying and selling of things, and I really don't know enough to to really speak on that. Um I I do think that uh Bob Iger a Bab Bab Iger <laughs> Bab um Bab Babs we're going to call him Babs from now on. I really do think Bob Iger will um bring more goodwill back to the company with the people throughout the year uh whether that is through changes or uh to passes or to company or even just just image and uh, direction w- that the company is going. And even if it's just, I don't know, a veil of of stuff that it's just, you know, all, all perception. But I think that this year is going to be a big building, building back year for the company. Um, and that Iger is going to have a lot of work ahead of him. But I think that this year is going to, really put the company back in a good footing with people in general um, in regards to what uh, JPEG has done in the past and what Bob Iger is going to uh, usher in changes of somewhat. So that's kind of a very vague and ethereal statement, but uh, well, you know, I, I think it's, it's changes are coming and that's kind of what that we're all kind of talking about here. But I think the the public perception of the company is going to be boosted uh, this year. Uh, what else? I'm going to predict Indiana Jones is really good. Why don't we predict that? Indiana Jones, the Dial of like Destiny, that. is going to be fantastic, and they're going to make lots of cool toys and stuff that I can buy, um, and lots of Sala action figures and things and whatever and they're going to sell all that there's going to be lots of toys for andrew to buy in 2023 um so that's another prediction um i to, think to go that... alongside that prediction before you yeah. continue when does uh, okay. the new indiana jones film release again indiana june jones 30th. comes out june 30th yes june 30th okay Sorry. that's perfect because it's yes. right in the middle of the year so if, like if we're down. going by this 90 day making it to Disney Plus thing that we've been talking about. By the time it hits mm-hmm. Disney Plus, where do you think the tomato meter will be? Uh Indiana Jones tomato Ooh. meter 90 days after. I'm going to say there's two ways to go. I'm going to go the positive route. I'm going to say it's going to be 89% uh uh critic and a 92% audience. I'm I'm giving it a high rating. Uh, okay. I, I really think that this looks a ter- return to form with Indiana Jones. So as long as they don't do anything bananas, I think they, they've got a, you know, a good chance at hitting really high numbers. Um, but that that's that's my prediction there. Eighty nine critics, ninety two audiences. Uh, All right. So that's pretty that solid. would be certified fresh. Uh, yeah. As From- the kids say. From a money standpoint, where do you think it'll stand by the time it hits Disney Plus? And let let's make uh, it around di- worldwide number. That way, you don't have to guess World- oh. individually. Okay. Worldwide, Indian or domestic, Jones, whatever you. Want. Of- it's up to you. Uh we'll do uh, domestic. I'm gonna say two hundred and no. I'm 
445 million domestic, uh, 995 worldwide. Um, I don't know if this is coming out in China. I don't think this seems to be a very uh, big property in China if it does come out there. So I don't, you know, that's that's where like Avatar and stuff is gaining a lot of money. China is such a big country, and uh, Avatar is very popular over there. That's how how these movies made a lot of money is you know a lot in the United States and a lot in China and then elsewhere, uh, you know, decent amount as well. So um, I don't see this playing if it plays in China, not playing like the best. So I'm gonna say just under the billion mark worldwide. Um, All right. Talking about some Marvel numbers I, there. Okay. okay. Just just under the billion. So kind of like Doctor Strange numbers, I All think. All right. All right. <clears throat> Similarity there. Sounds like some good numbers. So, That's a pretty good there. prediction. Um, what else can I predict? Um, uh, I'm just pulling stuff out of the air. I'm coming up with stuff right now. This is off the cuff, baby. In relation to the parks, I'm going to say... Um, oh, here's one that I know will, will come true. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disneyland will be part of uh, the paid tier of Genie Plus Lightning oh, Lane. I mean, should, you know that's going to happen. We should um, predict how long the line's going to be when it opens first day. Well, five hours. Know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> five hours isn't a bad guess. And here's the thing. like Because they're limiting people in the parks, mm-hmm. like it can only get so long. I mean, if every, literally everybody got in line, I think it's around four or five is is the max line. Um, so what you're saying unless, is if you've ever not wanted to pay for Rise of the Resistance, that is the time to go on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> First day of Runway Railway, go over to Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> it'll be a walk-on, baby. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a walk-on. We hope. <laughs> walk-on-ish. Uh, walk-on-ish. It'll be a 35 minutes. Sub an hour. Um, what else? Uh, Indy will come out of refurb, uh, with no new animatronics. That's, that's a prediction. I'm, uh, I, no, no different animatronics, <laughs> you know, the updated or fixed maybe, but <laughs> you know, being realistic, nothing, nothing too new. I don't think is coming to Indiana Jones other than hopefully making everything, uh, work properly well, as it should. I'm glad you brought that up. So for Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Uh, what's the over under on days everything will function before s- things stop working again? A Ooh. day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I, I mean, mean, the last time it came up, it was broken when it came back. Like, <laughs> the it, track there's... record shows, as much as we love it, <coughs> the track record does not look pretty. <laughs> Um, so that's that that that'll be a, a fun one. Oh, the uh, rolling walls not working again. <laughs> Boulders stuck. The boulders always stuck. Uh prediction. Uh, Haunted Mansion movie comes out this uh, coming year. Um, I have a feeling it does mediocre. I don't know why. That's my feeling. We haven't seen any trailers yet, so I would love, love, love to be proved wrong. Um, but <clears throat> based on how difficult it seems to be to g- get the concept of the haunted mansion to screen, uh, I'm going to say it is received mediocrely, uh, kind of like strange world. That's, that's going to be my, my prediction on the haunted mansion movie. Um, I, I, I would love to be proven wrong. 
Uh, that's just, I got a feeling. But I, I want this to be a good movie. I really do. And I want to buy Haunted Mansion merchandise. So, yeah, make it good. Danny DeVito. Right? He's in it, right? Danny DeVito? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah, Danny DeVito's in it. And Jared Leto. And, yeah, which is, I don't, I'm not looking forward to. But whatever. It could be good. Who knows? All right. We may not recognize him. There you go. Yeah, he's going to have a big hat on. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. And then his hat will be floating and his head will be in a box. So, I don't know. I'm just coming up with stuff out of my head. What do you think, Hazen? You got any predictions? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a while now. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with a lot of the stories that we've heard, uh, especially over the last year, as more people have had an opportunity to go back to the parks. Uh, so, my first thing is, I think, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot and we see a lot of posts is that the parks seem to be in a bit of disarray. You know, the things haven't really been well kept. Things seem to be, you know, falling apart. And, you know, reports of all sorts of things from, you know, both coasts, right? Uh, right. I think mm-hmm. that with Bob Iger coming in, I think there's going to be a really big push to, one, get more cast members back in. You know, because I think that's one of the things that happened over the course of the last couple of years that a lot of cast members, you know, were let go. They they never really adjusted as the crowds as the crowd levels began to grow. So I think one of the things that's going to change is that there's going to be a bigger push to get more cast members back into the company to go alongside that one. I I feel like I want to tread a little lightly on this one because I want to explain what I'm about to say. I think there's going to be a big push to to feel like the magic is back in Disney. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cast members that I think on an individual basis wholeheartedly believe in the magic of Disney. And it is those cast members that have really helped keep that alive. But there's a lot of people that have gone to the parks uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm one of those people, right? I've gone to the parks a couple of times and the park has felt different. It hasn't been as magical as it felt prior to everything that happened with the pandemic. Uh, and the magical experiences that I've had in the park the last couple of times that I went really, really stemmed from the fact that I had interactions with really great cast members. And it's those interactions that really reinstate a little bit of that Disney magic as far as the parks are concerned. Uh, I used to, I used to feel that, Oh, just being in the parks was just a magical experience on its own. But when you begin to compound a lot of the things that have been going on, it's really difficult to feel like that sometimes. So uh, I think in 2023, there's going to be a really big push to kind of restore the magic of the parks. There's going to be a push to bring the magic back to the parks to something that's really, truly familiar to a lot of us. And I think that'll be good enough to help, you know, feel that again for a lot of people. Uh, so, again, bringing back more cast members to help with everything that's going on in the parks, along with bringing the cast members back that can make a difference in uh, making the park look the way that it used to and not having people point out every single little thing that 
you know, is happening in the parks. This one, somebody somebody brought this up to me. They they don't want me to share their name, but they brought this up to me, and I thought it was an interesting thing that goes alongside a lot of this, and it goes along with the sharing. But they speculated that Disney is going to reach a point where they're going to say, okay, no more vlogging or anything in the park anymore. I mm-hmm. think we're mm-hmm. I think we're a bit of a way away from that personally because the free vlogging, the live streaming and all that stuff, it really does help bring a lot of that magic, especially to people that can't make it out to the park that live in, in other states and stuff. Like, you know, like what Larry does, right? Like Larry goes out to the park right. and he live streams like World of Color and the attractions and stuff like that. But you know, the difference between what Larry does and a, a lot of other streamers do is that Larry's super respectful about how he does it very. and when he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very mindful mm-hmm. about not ruining another guest's experience when he's in the process of doing that. And that was one thing that I really tried to be mindful of whenever I was recording stuff, you know, when I was putting stuff on YouTube for, for the parks. And there's just... Right. if I can see where this comes from. I can see where that speculation comes from, where if people continue to just be rude to guests and to cast members, Disney can very well say, okay, no more streaming, no more recording, no more anything in the parks anymore. You know, and if they catch Mm -hmm. you doing it, you know, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get escorted out or something like that. The reason I might tend to agree slightly with it is because I'm not sure if you're aware, but Disney added a new section to their park policy where they're asking guests to be respectful to cast members. And if you in any way, shape or form are disrespectful to another guest or to cast members, and this has a lot to do with the fighting that was happening in the parks a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. you will be trespassed. You know, you will be escorted out and you will be trespassed from the park. You will not be allowed to return. So I I can see how the speculation of not allowing the streamers and everything that give the park a bad name or really explode these things or make certain things seem like they're not as big as they can be or as big as they are. You know, I don't ever want it to feel like Disney's trying to censor everybody, which I think would be the first Mm -hmm inclination of people that you know would go through something like this you know that might be the first thing that they think of but i can see them trying to uh, i don't i don't want to say squash this whole thing right because that's not really how i see it like i i can see them trying to get a handle on that situation a little bit more so that they can moderate it a little bit more is really what i think it would come down to if that were to happen yeah, and I mean, there's precedent for uh, people thinking that too, because Tokyo had has banned Tokyo right. Disney has banned right vlogging in their park. So I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. Um, it may just have been overrun there, possibly. I don't I don't know the state of the Tokyo theme parks, um, but uh, yeah, I I've not had too many problems with vloggers. Uh, at in in my park experience so um i don't see it as a problem currently so i it's an interesting topic for sure to to monitor yeah and i want to be clear that not every one of them is like that right i mean i found my way to you know there's there 
Diz Twitter has always been a really big thing and there's always been Mm -hmm. really great people to follow and there's always the toxic people that tend to live in that segment of Twitter as well. And now there's Diz Talk, right? There's a lot of people in the Disney community that live on TikTok and we're seeing the same things. You know, I see a lot of videos or people, you know, send videos to me and they tell me about these experiences or, you know, they're talking about these experiences that they have in the park and a lot of them just sound like privileged annoyances <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so uh again i think that if anything happens uh it'll be just to try to get a better handle on those situations more than anything else it's not the first time this has happened as well in the parks remember when we had the um social clubs and oh, how that right. just blew up and it created problems and things just got out of hand and it's it's kind of like what we're seeing again with those who vlog i mean those who not just vlog i shouldn't say that those who take advantage and make it wrong yeah. for the wrong reasons yeah. um that's that's what disney i see disney doing is kind of taking like simmering it down so it just doesn't ruin the magic for anybody because we shouldn't be hearing, you know, don't disrespect the cast members. That should be like the golden rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you know, that I, I see it happening. And the social clubs are actually a really great example because I know tons of people that were part of the social clubs that I'm really great mm-hmm. friends with. Like I, you know, there's a lot of those people that I consider family and you know, they, there, there was a point where, like certain people would present themselves as they portrayed themselves in ways that really were an annoyance to guests and cast members. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, like, like with everything, right. There's great people and then there's people that ruin it for others. So uh, I didn't know any of these people. The, uh, a lot of the people that I met through social clubs were, were really great people as a matter nice of fact. People. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, a lot of the reason why our podcast kind of really blew up at the beginning was because of the social clubs. Like there was a lot of people within those clubs that liked the podcast and they would talk about it with friends, you know, tell other members of their clubs to listen. So um, a lot of them were super helpful, you know, and we owe a lot of, of the success of the podcast, especially in that first year, to members of those social clubs. But uh, I can see the comparison, though. Um, when it comes to the tickets and it comes to the passes uh, in the parks, I, I think a lot of people would love to see the reservation system go away. And I think if anybody said, I have one wish for the, this year for the park is that the reservation system goes away. Uh, I don't see that happening. I think the reservation system, um, I don't think it's being used as optimally as possible right now. I think that there's a lot of things that they can do to really help schedule cast members because they know how many people are going, right? That was the whole purpose of the reservation system. Right. They said that they wanted it in order to be able to monitor how many people were going to adjust, you know, um, cast members accordingly. And I don't really... F- it doesn't seem like that's happening right now. So if anything, the reservation system isn't going to w- go go away. But what will change is that they're going to optimize it in a way where it will function a lot better and seem like it's a better value than it has been since it was introduced to the parks. When it comes to Genie Plus, 
this is where I think we might see a little bit of a change. I think that, um, so Genie Plus and the cost of tickets themselves, maybe the cost of passes, maybe. I think an easy win for Bob Iger is to drop the prices down on those. I know that we're on tiered systems right now, but the prices have got, gotten a little out of hand when it comes to you know mm-hmm. individual days or peak days. Uh, and if there's a an easy thing for Bob Iger to do when it comes to you know making people happy to be able to go to the parks as much much more than they want to, especially if they don't have a pass or they were unable to get a magic key because the windows were so small or they sold out within the open windows. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I would say uh, is lowering the prices. I think that's going to be something that is discussed, and we might. St- for the first time, maybe see a decrease in ticket prices, pass prices, and the cost of services like GD+. I know that it's all about making money for them right now, but you know when you're trying to restore the image of the company and how a lot of people have felt, I think that's one of the easiest ways or one of the easiest things that they can do to really begin to bring some of that goodwill back from a lot of guests uh, from the parks. Uh, the other thing is, you mentioned it, Andrew, is the idea that Disney is going to get sold you know, to another company. Uh, realistically speaking, the only company or one of the only companies that uh, can do that and is one of the primary companies that's you know, being talked about doing this is Apple. You know, Apple has the, it's, it's crazy to say that they have the disposable income to buy the Disney company. That is insane to me. But it is. Uh, it's it's an interesting thought. I I can't fully speculate on that one right now. However, I can absolutely take it off the plate either, because the Disney company, if if Bob Iger doesn't want to deal necessarily with coming like training a successor, doesn't really want to go past his two years wants to make the company a bunch of money all at once, especially the board where they don't really have to worry about it. They can move on and then have another board continue running the company. They could just sell it to Apple. Uh, I'm not sure how that would look like. I mean, from a financial standpoint, it's totally different. But from, you know, to people that have loved the Disney company before and, the love-hate relationship with technology companies that people have, especially with companies like Apple, it's hard to speculate how that would be taken. You know, I there's a part of me that feels like a lot of guests would revolt and no longer want to have that Disney experience because now they're, you know, funding Apple. You know what I mean? Like, it's no longer just Disney. Now it's Disney and Apple sort of situation. Like, it Mm -hmm. would be managed separately, but ultimately, it's all going back up to Apple. You know what I mean? And that's, it's, uh, I know it's a totally different business, but it's, it's a little too much power for one single company to have. You know, when it comes to all of the companies that the Disney company already owns, and because of the media space that Apple currently runs with, uh, iTunes and Apple TV. The I'm sure that there would be 
some problems with how many media companies the Disney company currently owns that would be shifted over to Apple. Like there has to be some kind of, you know, antitrust laws or something like that. That it's yeah, monopoly yeah. laws, the F- FTC or whatever. Um, that I I I will speak on this as uh, I I don't think that this is in reality something that could happen. Um, at least even I don't think it could happen this coming year but i don't think it, in my opinion could happen at all especially with regulations and stuff like that like they've they've already kind of pushed it when they bought fox having to sell you know the news and different other things off to be able to buy fox itself there would have to be a large sale of different things that disney owns because disney also owns a lot of technology companies mm-hmm. under their umbrella as well and so if Apple acquired the Walt Disney Company, they would be also acquiring a lot of different technology besides the film and, and everything else Disney owns. So that that does raise more uh, uh, red flags for the uh, monopoly laws and stuff like that. And they've been kind of lax. And, and some of these things have surprisingly gone through the the merger of Sprint and T-Mobile, Disney buying Fox, and and things like that were were kind of pushing the limit of these these laws that exist to protect consumers and to protect the free market in general. Yeah. So, um, and I also don't think that you know Bob Iger has come out and said that that's not what he's going to do. Um, there, there's always a chance, but I I have a feeling that. Uh, he would sour his reputation a hundred percent with most people uh, that follow the company. If he did that, I, I see that as a move more. If if Chapek stayed in another two years, um, he and him him he started floundering. I could have see him selling the company to Apple or another person. But at this point right now, I, I have a feeling Iger is in for. The long haul and long, we mean long. We've already kind of speculated yeah. that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, great points. Great points. Um, when it comes to streaming services, um, I think we're going to see the beginning, if not uh, the dealings of Disney finally taking the final percentage away from Universal for Hulu. And we're going to see the merger of Hulu and Disney Plus, or at least the beginning of the merger of Disney Plus and Hulu later this year. I think the the fact that ESPN has already been talked about as a product that they want to spin off or get rid of, uh, I think is the beginning of that conversation and merging everything and just coming up with one giant Disney Plus service that people can enjoy, uh, especially considering that we already have you know, rated our content on Disney Plus. Uh, originally, the big push was Disney Plus was going to be family related. If you wanted your rated R content, you could go over to Hulu. But as soon as we got Deadpool and some of those other films that were rated R on Disney Plus, there's no sense of having two services anymore. You can merge them into one, mm-hmm. you know, buy out Universal and just make it easier to manage one service that has everything people enjoyed about Hulu but also hopefully with an interface that doesn't suck like Disney Plus's compared to Hulu's. Yeah, they sh- move everything to Hulu and then rebrand, rebrand that, that Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, I, that's perfect. I think that would work uh, fantastically. 
Uh, and then the final thing is, uh, as Bob Iger begins to talk about transitioning the company to another CEO, there's been a lot of speculation about Christine McCarthy taking over the reins from Bob Iger. And, you know, Christine McCarthy is very similar to Bob Chapek. You know, they have similar backgrounds in, in many instances. And I think the mindset is very similar. So if you didn't like Bob Chapek, there's a possibility you're not going to like Christine McCarthy as the CEO of the Disney company. Uh, I could be absolutely wrong, right? There could be a lot of traits about her that uh, do understand that, you know, leaving the minds that know how to do certain things alone, like, you know, Bob Iger leaving the Marvel alone, you know, and letting them do their own thing under under uh, uh, under the direction of Kevin Feige. It's one of the, the smartest things that Disney's been able to do, you know, let Marvel be Marvel uh, for the most part. I, I, I want to say the same thing about Star Wars. I know that there's been a lot of back and forth on, you know, things that happen in that realm that people don't always agree with. But, you know, we could see Kathleen Kennedy finally say, you know what, thank you. This has been a great run. It's time for me to, you know, move on to something else. And then either like Dave Filoni or, you know, if you get a, like a John Favreau in that position or something like that, you know, they've done a lot of great things for Star Wars. I think that would be a lot better for the company altogether. But uh, when when I think about, you know, who could who could run the company and who was already primed to like who was already in the process of getting primed to to run the company before Bob Chapek took over and before. Bob Iger renewed his contract, you know, a couple times before. I think Bob Iger might reach out to Kevin Mayer or to Tom Staggs. I think that losing them was one of the biggest blows to the Disney company because I think they would have been either one of them, I think, would have been a really great opportunity for the company to flourish, especially with Kevin Mayer uh, having done everything that he did to establish Disney Plus and, you know, having the the knowledge of running like the streaming company everything if that's the the direction that the company wanted to go he would have been the best poised to really uh, help the company flourish in that direction so uh, i think bob Iger is going to have conversations with uh, either either of them or both to bring them back to the disney company and uh if i could if there isn't any one person that we can see running the company we i think we kind of tongue-in-cheek this comment before but i'd like to see the return of two ceos you know co-ceos we've seen it before uh historically there's been many instances where the company has had co-ceos and it's worked really well you know one was always the creative one one was always the logistical one ranging all the way back to walton roy you know so if if we can't find one person that will run the company as as well or as worse, what, wherever you seem to fall with Bob Iger, you know, Bob Iger has had a lot of more positives, I think, when it comes to financial situations and uh, properties for the Disney company that people will argue he's done a lot more great stuff than bad stuff for the Disney company. But if we can't find anyone else like Bob Iger that can handle 
and accept the fact that there are going to be people that he needs to let just do their thing, then I hope they bring back two people and that two people end up running the company. So, uh, yeah, so those are my predictions and desires for the Disney company for this year. Um, I, I do think I, you know, you brought up Christine McCarthy and I, my opinion is she's, she leaves this year. I, I think she, she finds something, you know, different. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I have a feeling she's, she's not long for the Walt Disney company as well. I think it is more quote unquote on her terms, but I, I think she, she finds something else to be. Uh, a part of um, Tom Staggs and Kevin Mayer, they started a company called Candle Media, um, and that's you know a startup. It's you know somewhat you know small currently, and so a good way to get them back in the fold would be for the company to get purchased by Disney. Yeah. Um, and so that that's something that could happen this year. Um, because especially if they're just the two, mostly the two guys and there's not a ton of other people, it'd probably be fairly easy for them to acquire said company if they want to be acquired um, and and uh, make their way back to Disney. Um, and then uh, the other thing I want to mention is the co-CEO thing. Uh, the it, They would be so like Walt and Roy. Walt was the CEO and Roy was the CFO. And then uh, the same thing with with uh, Eisner and Frank Wells, uh, chief executive officer and the ch- uh, chief financial officer, which they still exist. I mean, there's a CFO of the Walt Disney Company right now. It's just they don't seem to work together, in tandem yeah. like. Yeah, they yeah. don't work together like like those things still exist. But they I see what you're saying of like we we need two people to kind of. Uh, do that and if if it happens to be an actual co-ceo thing then that might be something uh you know that would be a whole different ball of wax but that would be something that might benefit the company as a whole uh so i i would be interested i'm i'm you know waiting with bells on to see see what comes of this year because it's i think it's going to be uh no small year 2023 for the Walt Disney Company in many aspects. So um, all we can do is wait, hope for the best, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, spend money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, Mel, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? I, no, I just, I agree <laughs> with a lot of what you said. Like, it makes sense. But, um, I'm actually just excited to see. We'll see where everything is in June. Yeah. We should kind of like touch back and see what happens. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Half, yeah, half, half the, the year check and yeah. then we'll we'll do a, a wrap up at the end of the year to see, you know, where where we stood on a lot of these. I mean, look, it's going to be mm-hmm. uh it's an exciting year obviously for the Disney company, right? They're celebrating 100 years. We're kicking off Disney 100. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be attractions opening at Disneyland, new shows, uh, new approaches to shows, you know, like the fireworks show, Wondrous Journeys, the music and stuff is a totally different approach than anything that they've done before. And it's exciting to see that they're trying new things, right? But there's a reason why Disney works. And that's because a lot of it is very formulaic. And when you break away from that formula, it tends to anger people <laughs> and it tends to, 
you know, uh, end up on social media as the worst experience I've ever had at a Disney park. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how all of that is going to land. Uh, I'm optimistic that a lot of it is just going to be great because, you know, w- when you let creative people do what they do best, you end up with some amazing things. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's mm-hmm. tons of people at Imagineering that, you know, have brought us some of the best things that we experience in Disney parks. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm i eager to see where we are. I think doing a half, like a, a half of the year episode, I think would be good, like you suggested. And then again, you know, end of the year and then see how we wrapped up. So uh, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talked about. Uh, we'd love to hear any speculations, desires, or predictions that you may have for the Disney company in 2023. Uh, you can join us over on Instagram or Facebook. Just leave a comment on the post for this episode, but we'd love for you to join the community over on discord. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're not yet a member of the community, podcasters.com slash links is where you will find a link to join us there uh it'll take you a couple clicks to sign up password you know email password all that good stuff to sign up for discord and then uh you can you can join the conversation there so that's it that's gonna wrap it up until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a fantastic week everyone bye see ya Part of the Podcateers Network.